This episode of Stuff You Should Know is sponsored by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all possible with the Squarespace website. Go to squarespace.com and set your website apart. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And there's, yep, there's Jerry. Uh, this is Stuff You Should Know, the podcast. Uh, we are in our deep freeze chamber. Yeah, it's a little cold in here. It's freezing, and I'm never freezing. No, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, like I, I just, uh, video producer Casey just pushed a uh, big rack of frozen beef carcasses by. Right. So I think they're moonlighting, you know, as a, as a beef carcass freezer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a butcher. When I said, I don't know what's going on, I meant literally I'm confused from hypothermia setting in oh, and affecting God. my brain. You're just generally confused about everything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's cold. Cold as H. Cold as heck? Mm-hmm. Chuck. Yes. Have you, my friend, ever had what's commonly referred to as a night terror? Um, are you referring to a sleep terror? Or pavor nocturnus? Or... Axis 1, colon, 307.46. Or uh, possession by a demon? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I haven't either. Thank I, I, I would probably remember, I would think, as a child having these. Although, I, not necessarily, unless your mom or dad said, hey, there's something really wrong with you, kid. Well, it would have been a thing, in other words. Right, yeah. Cause but, was, yeah, that's a good point. I was going to say, thank goodness that we didn't have that, but really thank goodness for our family. Because the, the when you have a night terror or sleep terror, yeah. you typically aren't capable of forming any kind of memory of the event, certainly of anything what, that's driving you crazy with fear. Yeah, you wake up you're surrounded by your entire family who's like sweating bullets with looks <laughs> of terror on their faces. <laughs> Shaking. And you're like, what's, what's going on? Yeah. Where yeah. are the pancakes? <laughs> I was going to say Twinkies, but yeah, oh, yeah, that works too. Did you eat Twinkies for breakfast as a child? Well, no, I kind of more imagine this happening at like two in the morning. Gotcha. You know, nobody wants to cook, but you can grab a Twinkie pretty easy. I bet what would be good, since I recently invented the Reese Cat. Right. And people actually ate them. Yeah. Um, a, a, take a Twinkie, get a pan hot. Oh, yeah? Spray it with some, uh, or uh, even better, get some, get a stick of butter okay. and run it over the pan and then get one of those bacon grill presses. And then mm. smash two Twinkies down. I don't know if you should do that last part. And griddle them up nice and crispy. Oh, okay. Wow, yeah, maybe you should do so that. So where they're really golden brown and not just fake golden brown? Yeah. Man, that'd be good. You know, I've, I quit ultra-processed foods, but sure. I, I might try that, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm joking, of course. I would never do that. I haven't had a Twinkie. In. I think I ate one for that episode, but I don't know. That was I mean, the last Twinkie you had? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've had garbage. too many since then, either. But that sounds good. What you just said, a crisp, buttery Twinkie. Mm. <laughs> That'd be good. It does sound kind of good. That's what stinks about uh, having extra pounds is people probably say, yeah, Chuck just eats Twinkies all day. <laughs> well, they, they call you Twinkie behind your back. I don't. I eat fried <laughs> chicken all day. That's my problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fried chicken will do it, but, man, Ugh. it can really be worth it depending on the fried chicken. To be raised in the South. Where's the best man. place around here? Well, 
some of the grocery stores around here have great fried chicken in their deli. Really? Yeah, that's my, like, I don't go to, like, fast food fried chicken. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not surprised about that. But, I figured you'd say yeah. something like Mary Max or something like that. Oh, occasionally at a, at a nice restaurant mm-hmm. that has, you know, overpriced fried chicken, I'll try it. Mary Max is good pretty much across the board with everything. Yeah, that's Have good. you ever had their, um, uh, mint julep? No. Oh, it is so tasty. And it's huge. Oh, is it? Yes, it's just great. Well, that's because they have to satisfy the aging alcoholics that that go there for lunch drinks. Yeah. Mary Max Tea Room is in Atlanta, by the way. Oh, yeah, everybody knows that. And it's a classic old school southern uh, restaurant. Mm -hmm. But, but, you know, it's a tea room, so it's supposed to be a little nicer. It's not like a meat and three. Right, exactly. But it is is a meat and three. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, I, Mary Max is also very famous for Mary Mac having suffered night terrors as a child. Yeah. It, see? People thought we were on a tangent. Nope. Not true. Nope. That was all written out. So, night terrors, I have never had them that I know of. Uh, I did recount my sleepwalking uh, episode in our sleepwalking episode. Right. Well put. And by the way, we did sleepwalking. Is science phasing out sleep? October 2010. Uh-huh. Is sleep that important? September two thousand eight, a robust thirteen minute episode. <laughs> yeah. Sleepwalking, August twenty ten. Is there a disease that kills us by preventing sleep? Hmm. October twenty fourteen, and that's it. What about lucid dreaming? Oh, okay, yeah, sure. And then, but I typed in sleep as the keyword, so it didn't I, come up. Got to be more. I think there's a couple more even that are well, you know sleep what? related. Dreams would have brought up a few more. Then you're yeah. right. Yeah. So anyway, if people want to hear everything we know the about sleep. The sleep suite. The sleep suite. That's it. Um, but yeah, we haven't done... Oh, and then by this time, we'll have done... Uh, 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 what was the one we just recorded about sleep? Gettysburg Address? No, it was a parasomnia too. <laughs> oh, jeez. Man, we just recorded it. It hasn't even been released at this moment. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, but you put me on the spot, so I can't think of anything. I can't either. I put t- both twinkies. of us on the spot. Yeah. It'll be added to the sleep suite eventually. And here's another contribution. So we're talking night terrors. Like you said, there's some other terms for it. Apparently, if you're serious about researching night terrors, you call them sleep terrors because, as was pointed out by a couple of pedantic sites, they can happen anytime you sleep. If you take a nap during the day, Uh, you can suffer one of them. So you really shouldn't call them night terrors. That's true. Yeah, if you're one of those six-year-olds that works the late (laughs) shift and you sleep all day long. Yeah. That is severely pedantic. But that's, uh, I was being unfair because adults can get them. Sure. Although it's, uh, much more common in children. Let's just say between four and 12. The best number we have is about six, 6.5%. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one, I don't even know about this one. One study said 40%, but I think we should just throw that out the door because nowhere else did I see that. Yeah, there's a, oh, really? You didn't see that one? No, did okay. you? No, I didn't. I mostly saw about s- around somewhere around six percent of kids yeah. from anywhere between two and a half to twelve years of age. Yeah, um, typically will suffer night terrors, and there's like you're going to find out that there are very few things that are known about night terrors, sleep terrors. Yeah, um, there's like tantalizing clues here or there, but no one's ever sat down and really like connected the dots. There's nobody. There is. Virtually no sleep terror researcher that I came across. Yeah. 
I came across a few academics talking about it, and there have been like apparently a few studies or whatever, but there doesn't seem to be anybody who's focused on night terrors, which is really strange to me because if you do kind of start doing research about night terrors, you find that there is a lot of anxiety among parents. Yeah, for so sure. Th- this would help a lot of people. Uh, a lot of families who are disturbed by this. Well, I can't imagine being a parent and having your kid, like, I mean, it's not a nightmare. We're going to make the distinction over and over. Right. It's it's different. It, it happens in a different time, which we'll get to mm-hmm. during sleep. But it is, uh, it is s- terror, like hyperventilating, mm-hmm. and your heart rate is increased. And your, your, your eyes might be open even uh, though you're still asleep. You talk about terrifying. And your pupils <laughs> will dilate. That's the stuff of nightmares. Like you've got the fight or flight response going on Absolutely. while you're asleep. And can have your eyes open. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine anything more creepy? Oh, no, that's that's very creepy. Well, that's that's part of the problem. I think that's one of the things, not just being woken up by your kid having a, a night terror. Yeah. Um, the fact that they're moving around like they're scared to death. Yeah. But there's nothing, and they're like walking around. They're like pushing you out of the way. They're yeah. they're they're interacting with the world as if they're awake and scared out of their minds. Yeah. But you can't connect with them. You can't console them because they're asleep. They're not actually interacting with you. They're not hearing your reassurances because they're not awake right now. They're in another right. world, the world of sleep. It's really bizarre. Oh, are you sure they can't hear? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have to wake them up, and you're not supposed to do that, secondly. But they're not there. They're they're there physically. Gotcha. And they're acting like they're there. They're not there. So you're they're literally inconsolable at that point while they're having a night terror. So, yeah, for a parent, and this is your little two- or three-year-old kid yeah. suffering this, Jeez. you can't do anything about it. You just have to wait for it to go away. And these things can last up to, like, 15, 20 minutes, and there's nothing you can do aside from keeping them from harming themselves. Yeah, plus that means you're awake for 20 minutes when you should be sleeping. Just pounding Twinkies. <laughs> uh, Gender-wise, boys and girls get it about the same, so it's really no difference. Yeah. and um, It's not like menstruation. As No. That's 100%. Uh, gender-specific. Gender-specific, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. We haven't done an episode on that specifically, though. We did female puberty. That that's that's enough. Is that all? Yeah, we did male puberty and female puberty. No more. It's done. <laughs> I shouldn't have even brought it up. Um, so gender doesn't matter, and um, they typically tail off after you're a little kid, but you can get them as adults. And they say after 65 years old, you are almost certain to not have a sleep terror. And I just assume it's because. Nothing scares you at that point. <laughs> You've seen it all. Except teenagers. Yeah, except the, your, your impending death. Yeah, and teenagers. Yeah. Um, which probably reminds you of your impending death, really. Probably. The world changing and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a clue right there. Over 65, night terrors are almost unheard of. Yeah. Another little tranche of life where they're very much unheard of is adolescence. So you might have them um, when you're prepubescent. And then they go away during adolescence, oh, they and then they might back? pick up again oh, wow. as an adult. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what's going on there. It seems to be, as far as like the view, very few people who are thinking about this stuff, they, there seems to be some sort of agreement that it has to do, especially in children, with the developing central nervous system. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That's a great place for us to take a break. <laughs> 
Nice. So I can go look up what central nervous system means. You said central nervous system, and um, do you know what it means? I do. I went and looked it up. It's um, this uh, descending string of nerves that goes down <laughs> from your brain and hangs down over your body. That's right. I think like a marionette. Yeah, it is very much like that. Um, but so you, th- wow, that was a great analogy. Yeah? Actually, you just blew my mind. Thank you. So you just uh, teased before we left about having to do with the central nervous system. Um, apparently, our, our CNS matures up until the age of about 25. Do you know what CNS means? Central nervous system. Right. Um, but I was kind of surprised. I th- at 25, I was shocked that it was that late. Uh, apparently, it's a fairly recent finding oh, really? belief among science that it used to be, you know, 18, 19, 20. That's what I would have thought. You know, end of puberty. Yeah. Um, nope. Supposedly now they they believe the CNS keeps going and developing until 25. Uh, well, we should talk a little bit about sleep. I know we covered this in that awesome 13-minute episode. Uh, how sleep works? Yeah, just the stages of sleep. Yeah, it seems like this was better explained than our entire 13-minute episode. Yeah, and uh, we talked about it in the Dreams episode, too. And we had a TV episode. Mm-hmm. Of our science channel show called Night Terrors. Yeah, poor Kent Clinkenbeard sleptwalked. Uh huh. He had sleep apnea, all sorts of terrible stuff. That was a fun episode. That was. Um, and uh, and there's even a, uh, a, a continuity mistake in that episode, if you remember. Oh, probably several. <laughs> um, did you know our first three episodes are up on YouTube in full? Oh, really? I think somebody actually sat there with their phone and recorded it on their computer and then posted it to YouTube. Now, is it the real first episode, meaning the pilot? Or no, was that it- was the 11th episode. <laughs> or is it the one that they aired first, which it was-, was actually episode two? But it was called episode one, wasn't it? All I know is... Coffee, what- I Coffee Bot, that was the first one, wasn't it? That was episode one. It wasn't episode two. Yeah, that was the pilot. No, the pilot was episode 11. <laughs> Yeah, no, but it that followed was like a totally different format. No, the pilot, remember it was broken up between body dysmorphic disorder and zombies? Oh, no, 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 no. That's the pilot. No, that wasn't. Yes, it was. That was the, that was what we shot as proof of concept that they ended up airing. As the pilot. They, they call it pilot, I swear. But the, the pilot episode of the real show, when we actually were in a different location. Right. Was, was Coffee Bot. Yes. Which they aired. I guess tenth. Coffee about aired first. No, it didn't. Trust really? Me. Yeah, that was the rub. Man, it's like why would you air the pilot last? Well, we aired the pilot last twice because <laughs> they showed the proof of concept one yeah. at the end, right? Yeah, they hated the show so much they decided to air one extra episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I know what a rabbit hole that was. So uh, talk about it terror yeah this this article here says we spend about uh, a third of our lives uh, in deep sleep well that's not true just sleeping and um you think that's true 
Well, it depends on the person, of course. Sure. Yeah, I guess that's true. I equate that with the sitting at red lights thing. I've always yeah. been suspicious of that. Like, yeah, it depends on where you are. You spend how much you drive. How, yeah, X number of days at, at a red light. Yeah, these are broad uh, percentages, I think. Yeah. Um, I have a friend that is so like, that I think started worrying about his death early on in life mm. and trained himself to get a, as little sleep as possible so he could do more. Oh, that's neat. And dude, since I've known him in the, in his early twenties has been getting like five hours or less sleep a night. Five hours. <laughs> and lazy. Good. <laughs> yeah. He's good with that too. Um, he should listen to that is science phasing out sleep episode. Cause it was, remember a lot about pills that. Help you um, stay up for forty-eight hours and then just sleep for yeah. a normal like eight. Uh, he didn't eat pills. He just trained himself, huh? Yep, that's pretty interesting. Um, all right, so when we go to sweepy time, mm-hmm. uh, there's something called uh, adenosine, adenosine, a chemical that starts to build up in in your body, in yep. your brain, it's yeah. in your brain, right? Mm, yeah. Oh, it's a neurotransmitter. Okay. It, it at the very least is present in your brain. I don't know if it's manufactured there. You know, a lot of your serotonin, like a tremendous amount of your serotonin, is actually produced in your gut. Uh that that, that doesn't surprise me. It, it it was surprising to me the first time I heard it because you think it's a brain, it's a neurotransmitter, yeah. so obviously the brain's going to generate. Nope, most of it's in your gut. No, I mean, I guess it doesn't surprise me in that I know that a lot of uh, healthy gut um, life, life. Like a healthy gut can affect way more parts of your life than yeah, yeah. just like digestion. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, that builds up the adenosine and then uh, serotonin, like you mentioned, that goes to the brain and says, all right, let's shut it down for the night. Shut it down, everybody. Yep. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> exactly. Then they play Rick Astley on the loudspeaker. <laughs> oh, is that what they do to get people out? Well, every bar has their own song. Okay. I'll, is Rick Astley a go-to, though, you think? I could see it. Yeah, I used to play at Mexicali Grill in college. I would play uh, when we had the the Greek uh, fraternity, big groups on the deck late at night. I would play Public Enemy uh, really loud. Oh, yeah. And they didn't like it. I'm sure. And we loved it. Nice. And that drove them out. And they went back to the fraternity house and did whatever they do there. Watch Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. <laughs> Is that what they're doing? There is a great Letterman top. I used to have this book of Letterman top ten list from the nineties. Oh, yeah, probably a third of the jokes that I've said on this show really are like rooted in that book. Yeah, and that was one of them. It was like top ten signs you're in a bad fraternity. It was like every Saturday night is Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman <laughs> night. Your uh, your secret fraternity handshake consists of quietly holding hands for long periods of time. <laughs> Zima keggers. I think Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman is. Probably top five least cool shows of all time. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Murder, She Wrote is up there. Oh. Okay, fine. It's uncool. Yeah. I, I watch that show at least once a week still. What? I love that show. Where do you find it? On Netflix. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I think it's probably on Amazon Prime, too. Do you really watch that? I really genuinely like oh, it wow. in, in a totally non-ironic way. Well, Angela Lansbury is pretty sexy. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'll give her that. But uh, it's just it's a cozy little show, especially you know she travels abroad and, and goes to Europe and and New York a lot. Wow. Those episodes are like so so for me. The ones that are set in Cabot Cove and there's like a storm and a murderer. And Where's all Cabot that. Cove? 
uh, Maine, I think. Okay. New um, so it's like a quiet little town and, you know, something happens and it's just like a cozy show. Huh. Yumi can't, can't stand it. And it's not like she doesn't like the show itself. It's just like, um, Angela Lansbury is such like a, a, a school marm to her. She always feels yeah. like she's in trouble. Right. Just when just she's like hearing in, the in the background. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So she's not a big murder she wrote fan. Uh, does she just walk through when it's on and be like, stop telling me what to do, Angela Lansbury? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I won't go to my room. Um, all right. So where are we? We're falling asleep because the, the, because murder she wrote on, because murder she wrote on. And then we enter stage one of five, four. Uh, five. Well, technically five. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So there's four stages and then a fifth, um, encore. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't, isn't considered a stage. It's its own thing. Well, stage one is when you're, you're sort of in that place where if things are all good and you're not super anxious, don't have a lot of anxiety, it's nice and quiet, mm-hmm. it's dark, um, that means you're heading into sleep. If things, uh, are not great or you're anxious or something's disturbing you, mm-hmm. you could fall back awake from stage one. Right. It's that tenuous period. Yeah. That's stage one. Yeah, that is stage one. If you have a book, you're going to sleep in stage one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was exploding head syndrome. That was the one. Oh, right. Of course. Uh, so you go on to stage two, you start drifting off, and this is apparently where you spend a lot of your sleep time, although I don't know that this is necessarily true. But your, your brain waves start to take on a different form. I think they go from alpha to maybe beta. Okay. They're slowing down a little bit. You're calmed down. You're not thinking quite as much. Um, your eye movement stops and you're just basically in that twilight period where right. you're, you're basically sleepy, but you could be awakened fairly easily Correct. until you get to stage three. Yeah. That's when things get real. That's when, um, these, there's something called Delta waves and they were discovered by a guy named W. Gray Walter in the 1900s. Who is very gracious not to insist that they're called Walter waves. <laughs> <laughs> I totally would have. He's like, go with Delta. Uh, they operate between zero and four hertz, and those Delta waves are what make they're they're responsible for the restorative aspect of sleep. Like when you wake up and you feel great and refreshed, mm-hmm. say thank you Delta waves. Mm-hmm. And um, that doctor, I guess he was a doctor, Doctor Walter. Um, he was a student of Hanberger, <laughs> Hansberger. Mm-hmm. Man, that's close. It's so, so close. So much so, you shouldn't name your kid Hans Berger. No. Uh, Hans Berger d- uh, invented the EEG machine, and then uh, Gray went on to make that machine a little bit better. He improved upon it, which He's is like, what allowed him to discover. These knobs are ugly. I'm going to replace <laughs> them with orange ones. This thing looks old. Uh, so that allowed him to discover the delta waves. I gotcha. Which are great. Those Those are, that's... Those even, are my favorite brain waves. Yeah, even the name Delta Waves just sounds very soothing to me. Yeah. Delta Wave. Right. So you're in, did you say stage four or three? That's things get cranking up in three, and by the time you're at four. It's all Delta Waves. All Delta, all and, the time. And like you said, that's where you get that restful sleep, because this is where tissue regeneration and repair takes place. Yeah. Your brain is 
shut down. Uh-huh. Like your your executive function is turned off. Yeah. You're not thinking, you're not judging, you're not chewing over like all the stupid things that you said wrong and how you could have said them better that day. <laughs> oh, man. None of that's going on. Um, you're just kind of out like a light. But your motor strip is still conceivably active. It can be. Yeah. Um, and your emotional centers are able to be activated as well. For the most part, they're not. You're just out, right? That's right. Then after stage uh, four, you totally shift gears and you enter REM sleep. So the first four stages are non-REM sleep. Yeah. And then you enter REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep. And it's called that because your eyes just go nutso all over the place. The rest of your body's paralyzed and your brain turns back on and starts producing the same brain waves, alpha waves, Mm -hmm. that you have when you're awake. So you're thinking, you're dreaming, you're doing all this stuff, but your body's paralyzed, right? And then the whole thing starts over again after about 90 minutes. You go back into stage one sleep, okay? Yeah, and whatever you do during REM sleep, don't go back to Rockville. <laughs> it's terrible. You, what's funny is I think you make that joke every time we talk about the stages of sleep. Well, I do, but it's a different song every time. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, it's just a bad REM reference. You're right. I, I just feel like I have to. I'm with you. All right. I'm with you. Someone, I, I wish someone would send us a list of my dumb REM jokes from all of our very sleep <laughs> People. Don't waste your lives. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Go volunteer for a charity <laughs> right. instead. So um, the whole that whole cycle between the four stages in REM sleep takes about ninety minutes, and then through about the first half of say you're say you're getting a good eight hours. First four hours, those first four stages are going to take up most of that ninety minutes to one hundred and ten minutes. Yeah, and REM is going to be less. And then about halfway through, your REM is going to start getting longer and longer in the cycle. Mm-hmm. Right. So the second half of your sleep, you're dreaming more. But again, it's the important point here is during stage three and four, you're not dreaming. You're just out like a light. Yeah, and I guess that what you just said before that explains why I often feel like I um, remember my dreams or dream heavier toward my waking hours. Yeah. Well, plus also, if you are in REM sleep and you awaken from it rather yeah. than awakening during one of your other sleep cycles, yeah. you're going to remember your dreams because you're, you're regaining consciousness, you're awakening. But again, your brain's been on the whole time. Yeah. You're just becoming aware of what you were just thinking. So you're going to be able to form those memories. When you're sleeping in, uh, say, stage three or four, as we'll see, mm-hmm. you don't form memories because your brain's not working like that. Yeah. I probably asked you this in one of our dream casts, but are you able to pick up a dream after you've uh, woken up and, it, and it's something you want to you know, resolve or not, keep doing? Not really. I've gotten pretty good at that. Have you? That's pretty neat. Yeah, I don't. It's not quite dream sailing like we talked about, <laughs> um, but I definitely like it. Happened this week. I was having a dream that was great, and I woke up, went and used the bathroom, sitting down, so I don't wake up enough. Sure. And then was like, all right, and I just like think about nothing but that as I go back to sleep. Oh yeah, you're like, okay, where was I? Yeah, I got right back in it. That's awesome. Man. Yeah, it's pretty neat. But I'm still not. Which is the one where you control the dream? Is that lucid, lucid dreaming? dreaming? Yeah. yeah. Dream sailing. I, w- I wouldn't say that I'm... That's where you're like, dreamer. and now I'm going to fly. Watch this. And then you fly yeah. in your dream. Can't do that. No. <laughs> All right. So those are the stages. Good extra info there, by the way. I didn't know that about the varying uh, time cycle mm-hmm. as you sleep. Mm-hmm. I thought it was sort of all equal. I bring it. 
you do bring it. Um, so what they do know about night terrors or sleep terrors is uh, between three and four, stages three and four, is when this is happening. Yes. In other words, it, it part of it has to do with this transition that happens between the stages. They just don't know exactly why. No, and it doesn't really make sense because both stages three and four are considered deep sleep. It's just deep yeah. sleep and super deep sleep. Right. But something during that transition can cause night terrors. Yeah, and the nightmares, I don't know if we fully said this, nightmares occur only during REM sleep. Right. But uh, that's one distinguishing factor from night terrors. Yep. And the fact that you can, you know, you can remember a nightmare. Right. Can't remember a night terror. Nope. You wake up and you might uh, still feel fearful for right. some reason. Yeah. But you, you don't wake up and say there was a beast in my room trying to kill me. Right. Ugh. It's kind of like how when you're watching Law and Order and you're like super into it and like you just hate the, the murderer in this episode and then on comes like a, um, like a Charmin ad and you're <laughs> like, this, why do I feel so like mad? And then you realize, oh, it's because I'm still keyed up from Law and Order. <laughs> Same thing with the night terror. Like, uh-huh. you don't remember why you're fearful. Yeah. You just feel fearful still. It hasn't subsided. Gotcha. I've never seen that show, but I was hanging in there. You've never seen Law & Order, huh? No. That is not possible. I don't watch many major network TV shows. Law & Order has been on for like 20 years, and you've never seen a Law & Order. No. You're missing out. I've never seen CSI. I've never seen any of those shows. Yeah, that's fine. You're missing out a little bit with Law and Order. It's a really great procedural cop drama. Now that's the one with uh, Lenny that had Jerry Orbach, right? Lenny, who I love, that guy. He's great, but he's not the only one that's great. Like virtually every single person who's been on this rotating cast has done a great job. Huh. Well, didn't uh, Saved by the Bell guy get on there, or was that another Zach? one? Zach. Yeah, didn't he eventually? He was on one of those proced- cop procedurals. He was on a lawyer procedural with uh, one of the guys from Clueless. <laughs> really? Yeah, the skateboarder from Clueless. What? Yeah, they they were like goofy lawyers. Oh no no no, that's a different one. I know who you're talking about. That I don't I don't know if Zach was ever a a cop. Oh no, I'm thinking of uh, Ricky Schroeder. Didn't he end up on Law and, Law and Order? Boy, this is one of those moments where people are screaming at their yeah. computer right now. I'm so sorry. I genuinely don't think it was Law and Order, but it was something like that. Okay. I know what you're talking about. All right, well, let's take a break and uh, we'll figure out. You can be Ricky Schroeder and I'll be Zach. <laughs> All right, ready? Three, yep. two, one, go. Right, so where we left off was that they're not sure why it happens between three and four. They think it has something to do uh, with what they call a snag in this transition. Yeah, it's pretty sciencey. <laughs> yeah, it's a snag. So a snafu. Yeah, pretty much. The, the, again, they think it has to do with your central nervous system still growing. Right, but. I, I mean, that's weird because it only happens in some kids. Yeah. And like that exploding head syndrome, it happens in just the same way. Yep. So there's there's something amiss here. It, it can't. 
it's not just like a normal aspect of childhood. Right. You know? Sure. So that would mean that there's a snag in the development of central nervous system that was a f- was could happen in a certain way, mm-hmm. a, a certain prescribed way. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, they, not at least one person does. <laughs> it does run in the family, um, seemingly, or oftentimes. Um, stress and anxiety can be a big trigger. Uh, sleep apnea, uh, sleep deprivation, if you have migraines, um, thyroid hormones being uh, produced too much, uh, too much booze. Kids, kids drink a lot of booze. <laughs> uh, maybe if you're sleeping out uh, at, at summer camp or somewhere else you've never been. Yeah, apparently th- they have linked stress to it. Like I guess some parents have noticed that if the kid has a particularly stressful day, yeah. they may be predisposed to having a night terror. Boy, stress on kids, that's just heartbreaking. Well, it's sh- also been linked know to, things, um, you know? to basically all forms of abuse. Yeah. It, you, it leads to a, a higher risk of night terrors. Uh, and they have found that if you... A small percentage of kids who experience night terror, uh, terrors might go on to have uh, psychosis later in life. I saw that too. So I saw like that that was widely reported. There was one study that found it, but it was a decent study, 6,700 kids. That's not bad. And it, it found that kids who have night terrors are eight times likelier to experience psychosis later on in life, like you said. Uh, and they have found there uh, it can develop uh, along with uh, anxiety, bipolar disorder, and depression. In adults, it can be comorbid with those. Correct. I hate that word. But it gets it across. It does. It's just, yeah, comorbid just sounds, you know. They should have come up with a different word. Like hygienic? Cohygienic? <laughs> That's the word you hate, right? <laughs> yeah, morbid, I don't know. It's one of those words that means two completely different things. Mm-hmm. And why, why do that? Just have a different word. Well, let's come up with it right now. I don't... <laughs> Give me, give me some letters. No. Okay. I think that was a wise decision. Yeah. Um, they used to give you meds. Uh, nowadays, they don't do that so much. That's so... I saw that in this article, but I also saw elsewhere that they're like, nope, meds, best thing to do. If your kid has horrible night oh, really? terrors, give them Valium. Really? Yeah. Like, basically, uh, benzodiazepines, which are things like Valium... I think some antidepressants are benzodiazepines, but something that will just knock you out and you're not going to have a night there yeah. or any kind of interrupted sleep. Yeah. Apparently, if it's bad enough, they will prescribe those. I'm sure it's not like their go-to. Like, here, just give your kid these chemicals, yeah, yeah. pharmaceuticals. But I, I, I think it's, um, it's still on the table. And I saw this report in a number of different places that... Um, there's a, a reported case of uh, some kid who had 40 episodes of night terrors in a single night. Wow. Yeah. You would give that kid Valium. Holy cow. Yeah. That poor kid. Yeah, because think about it. Like, even if the kid's not remembering what's going on, it's mm-hmm. still having, like, the fight or flight effect 40 times in a single night yeah, on his little good. central nervous or her central nervous system. Yeah. It's not good. Man. So you'd be way better off just giving the kid Valium then. Oh, for sure. Uh, one thing that um, they found is that a lot of times if you have to pee-pee, uh, that can bring on a night terror if your bladder is really full. Uh, so what they do in that case is they recommend you um, wake your kid up a couple hours into sleep and go um, take uh, take the little boy or girl to the bathroom 
put him back to sleep. So, and the thing that I saw about that, though, I'm sure that that has something to do with it, but I also think that they are inadvertently following what's called scheduled awakening. Right. Which is the the go-to treatment for night terrors. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like, which is you try and... I mean, I guess you have to time it out pretty well. Yeah, but they apparently are very predictable. Yeah. Like, if your kid suffers from night terrors on a regular basis, they're going to have them at about the same time every night. Yeah. So you just wake your kid up, like, ten minutes before then? Yeah, like five seconds before that. Right. <laughs> you wait. Um, you, you wake them up just uh, ten, fifteen minutes, something like that, before they normally have a night terror. Um, give them some water or something, like, tuck them in a little bit, but you rouse them enough that you are preventing them from going into such deep sleep that they'll have a night terror. So they kind of dip down towards sleep. Yeah. Um, but, or toward that super deep sleep, but never so much that they experience a night terror, but in, they're still getting good sleep. Yeah. Better sleep because gotcha. they're, they're, um, not experiencing the fight or flight response. Cause I was wondering about that, about disrupting the sleep pattern, but if, yeah, that sounds like it's a win-win. Yeah. Allegedly they're, they're still getting great sleep. Um, and uh, I do want to mention, too, with the uh, bladder problem, I've said this before on the show, and it is my duty, as always, to say it again. I was a late bedwetter, mm-hmm. and I always like to say this on the show because kids out there that listen to this, if you're a late bedwetter, don't don't be ashamed. <laughs> 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 Nothing to be ashamed about. It happens. It's hereditary. I wet the bed till I was 12-ish. Uh-huh. 12-ish uh, meaning 19 no, it was about 12. That's fine. And um, it was, you know, a lot of anxiety for little Chucky Man, spending I the night out and stuff. Totally can imagine. So if you're if you're listening out there and you're a late bedwetter, just hang in there. It'll stop. And um, hopefully you have parents that are understanding and friends' parents that are understanding. Yeah. That's a big one. That's nice, Chuck. Yeah. I'm not embarrassed anymore. I, I don't think you should be. I'll, I'll pee in front of anybody. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't Go to matter. sleep right now and pee. <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, and then you, you know, we were talking about this, um, scheduled awakenings. There are devices. Yeah. And I found one on a popular online retailer <laughs> for 129 bucks. And what it is, it's just a little thing that. Is that the Luli? Well, I wasn't going to say the name, but sure. Okay. It's probably Lully. Yeah, you're Lullaby. right. You're right. <laughs> uh, it, um, it, it's a, it vibrates the mattress at intervals. To wake your kid up gently. Yeah, well, supposedly it also learns when your kid has... So you program in when your kid normally has a night tear. Right, through then, an app, I believe. Yeah, correct? and then it starts to pay attention and learn when your kid actually has them. And then, yeah, it vibrates. And, and it does the same thing as a scheduled awakening yeah. device. So you don't have to be bothered. No, <laughs> just let the robot take care of your kid. Uh, I looked at the reviews, though, and um, it got um, 80... One percent, either four or five star ratings, which means, you know, when it was, it was something like this, that means it worked for them. How many ratings? Uh, I don't remember. I mean, several hundred, I think. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, and then eleven percent at um, one star, and again, that just means it didn't work for them. Like when you read it, people are like it's absolute garbage. It didn't work for my. Or kid. some people are like, I would have given it five, but I thought the packaging <laughs> it came in was dumb looking. Some people do that. Yeah. Man, those people are the worst. So, uh, whether or not you're using a device or you're doing a scheduled awakening like flatliners, it's all about the timing. You've got to time it just right. Right, or else point of no return. 
two movie references. <laughs> They're remaking Flatliners, by the way, of course. I saw that. For the new generation. Yep. Starring Juno. Oh, really? Yeah. Who lady. else? I can't remember. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland just signed on, but, you know, one of those deals where they bring him back is probably the old... The old weirdo? Reason. Yeah. <laughs> who sits under the desk? That's my guess. Uh, and I wanted to talk, too, about something I didn't know existed. Um, sheets that keep you cool at night. Apparently, sometimes they think it can be triggered by overheating, and people have found success with these wonder sheets that I didn't know existed. So I looked them up. They're sheets that keep you cooler. That's great. It's yeah. like a sheet that's a giant fan. Well, it's two to three <laughs> degrees cooler to the touch. Nice. Wicks moisture away, like our favorite undies. Yep. Um, prevents absorption of heat from light. So if your bed sits in the sun all day. Oh, yeah. And you sleep during the day, I guess. Uh, yeah, your little kid on the late shift. And three times more airflow. So you have to get some of those. Yeah, you do. Give it a shot. Nice. One of the other things I saw that they think might trigger it is restless leg syndrome. Oh, yeah. Supposedly there's a link with those two. The Jimmy legs. Mm-hmm. That'll keep you up. So there's a story. Should we talk about this guy in Phoenix? I, I feel like we talked about him in the sleepwalking episode. Oh, did we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about people killing in sleepwalking episode. Like, he's not the only one. No, I know. Well, let's talk about him again. Okay. Scott Falater. Falater. I'll bet we said the same thing in the sleepwalking <laughs> episode. Scott, his nickname is Save It. Scott, save it for later. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. I shouldn't be joking. He's in prison. For murder. Yes. He, uh, this was in 1997. He, um, he stabbed his wife 44 times and then held her head underwater in a pool, swimming pool. Yeah. So what happened is this guy got up in the middle of the night, uh, went out to fix his swimming pool um, with a uh, hunting knife <laughs> as a screwdriver. His wife wakes him up, and that's why we said not to wake someone up, because if someone's going to get violent during a sleep terror, it's because you were trying to wake them up. Hmm. And apparently, Yeah, she, you're supposed to just gently guide them back to bed. Yeah, she did not. She apparently startled him. Uh, he stabbed her uh, 44 times and then tried to drown her. And uh, his neighbor saw this, called the cops, and that was his defense, that it was a sleep terror, uh, which you know can occur with sleepwalking. Um, and it didn't work. Uh, the defense, um, basically the prosecution said their marriage isn't some rosy thing like he said. Mm. Um, they're Mormon, and she was trying to kind of leave the church behind a little bit, and he was upset about that. Mm-hmm. He wanted to have kids, more kids, and she didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, defense said all that stuff was true, but not really that big of a deal. Like, it didn't lead him to snap and kill his wife. Right. Um, but that was his defense, and it didn't work. He's now uh, in prison for life with no parole. Man, can you imagine, though, if he really was just totally sleepwalking, having a night terror? Sad for everyone. Yeah. Especially her. I saw a, uh, a BuzzFeed article actually called Can You Die From a Nightmare? And it was about this um, the, this artist named Tobias Long uh-huh. hung himself in New York. And it's strongly suspected by people who know him that he did it in the midst of a night terror. Wow. So, Killed himself? Yes, he hung himself. So you, um, you'll see during research for sleep terror and night terror that it's harmless in any 
website where it's salt that's saying this will have an asterisk or will say, but you can actually die from it. Right. People have fallen out of windows. People have hurt other family members mm-hmm. because um, you can't have injurious episodes is what they're called of night terrors because you're sitting there flailing. You're like trying to fight something off. Um, you're You're, again, moving around because remember, this comes during stage three and four. Yeah. Of deep sleep where your brain's off, but your motor function can still work. So you can get up and walk around and feel fear and be fighting stuff off. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're, you're not having a nightmare. You're having a night terror. So you can harm yourself and others. So yeah. it isn't just a totally harmless thing. Right. Which is usually what they say. Yeah. By the way, we're going to get emails because you said hung and not hanged. <clears throat> yeah. He hanged himself out there. Thanks for that, Chuck. All right. What's going on in the brain, though, specifically? Like, they don't know what causes it, but they know what's lighting up, and it all kind of makes sense. Well, it's like I was saying, like, the when you're in stage three or four, your executive function is off, but you can still experience emotions like fear and panic, and you can still move around. But you're not, you're, you have delta brainwaves, so you're not thinking, you're not dreaming, you're just, your body's just doing something really bizarre that it's not normally supposed to do. Yeah, so that's what, what a night terror is. What, what, What's going on basically is you can commit acts of violence because that's switched on, Mm -hmm. but you don't have that inhibition switched on. That's switched off. Right. So what they found is what is happening during a night terror is it's it resembles exactly or mirrors. Is it mirrors or is that opposite? Mirror would be opposite. It resembles what happens when someone is violent when they're awake. Right. No inhibition going on. Executive functioning, uh, off, off. Yeah, it's a really weird, dangerous thing. Luckily, it's mostly just in kids, but apparently in adults, it can be really bad. Yeah, but because you know, adults can be muscular; they know their way around a knife. They can be little kid. It's just <laughs> like you just hold them in place by putting pressure on their forehead. They're little kids that are more muscular than me. <laughs> I remember uh, when I used to lifeguard; I'd see like. It's like a little twelve-year-old boy. I'm like that kid is naturally cut, like more than oh, yeah. like more than I would ever hope to be. I hate those kids. Yeah. Uh, lastly, there is a Indiegogo for uh, an augmented reality app called Night Terrors. That sounds pretty awesome. Oh yeah. It um it's an app on your phone, and it takes over the flashlight on your phone. So you turn out all the lights in your house, and you walk through looking at the ho- your house, the camera. On your phone, uh-huh. that's how you're looking at your house. And it's lit by the flashlight and everything, and all of a sudden, like, a monster will pop up, like, out from around the hall. Whoa. Your hall. It's just a really neat concept, and apparently they're executing it very well. And what What is the whole point, though, to... Scare the bejesus out of yourself. Oh, okay. It's a horror game app. Gotcha. But it's not really a game. It's just you walk around your house, and it scares you to death. It's like Pokemon Go, but... Uh... For creeps. Yeah. Although Pokemon yeah. goes for creeps, too. <laughs> there you go. I didn't even know what that was until yesterday. It's pretty new. It's not that shameful. Give it another week and it would yeah. have been shameful. Right. That's it, huh? I got nothing else. Well, if you want to know more about night terrors, you can type those words in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. It's a search bar. It's time for listener mail. Uh, this is about Gettysburg Address. 
Hey guys, thanks for the show. Uh, not only do y'all address cool and interesting topics in a meaningful way, but the dynamic between the two of y'all adds a layer of enjoyment that can't be, du- uh, can't be duplicated. Thank you. Perfect mix of seriousness and humor. Perfect. This guy's right up our alley. Uh, why I'm writing those, I listen He's to the like, pod. That, that said, however. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 this is good. Okay. Uh, I listened to the podcast on the Gettysburg Address, and it, you mentioned all students across the country pointlessly memorize uh, this and other speeches and never really get what it's even about. I can tell you I was one of those. Uh, memorized passages, uh, memorizing passages never, ever helps anyone learn. Right. In high school, we not only had to memorize Gettysburg Address, uh, Gettysburg, but Mark Antony's speech, which is what I had to do. Uh, Macbeth's Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow soliloquy. And in the month of April every year, we had to memorize a poem of our choice of at least ten lines for National Poetry Month. Uh, they did it all the time, and you know how many of those things I remember now? Zero. <laughs> Do you know how much I can tell you about the passages and their meaning? Nothing. I couldn't even tell you what poems I decided to memorize. <laughs> Although I think one year I chose an E.E. E. Cummings poem because it was technically ten lines, but maybe a total of 15 words. Yeah, Matt, he's doing it right. <laughs> uh, I like E.E. E. Cummings, though. Good choice. Uh, so I'm with y'all on how pointless this all is. Keep up the great work. You have a fan for life. And that is Matt from Richmond, Virginia. Matt Anderson. Thanks a lot, Matt. Much appreciated. We appreciate the support. You know what I remember from that age? Or like ad jingles. Like I feel like chicken tonight. Like chicken tonight. Yeah. Chicken tonight. And you don't remember <laughs> schooling. No. But you remember where's the beef. Yeah. And chicken tonight was good. I think I remember that. It was just a jar of sauce. Oh. But it was like a whole gimmick around it. Like, just add chicken and you can have chicken tonight. So in other words, cook a meal <laughs> entirely made of other add ingredients. Add this sauce. And pour this stuff on and it. And your family will finally <laughs> love you. And they uh, also had one called beef tonight. <laughs> and pork tonight. I don't think they did. I'm sure those were planned, but they never did it. Yeah. They're like, we just can't get the sauce right. <laughs> Who's ever created a good sauce for pork or beef? <laughs> uh, if you want to get in touch with me or Chuck, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can send us an email to StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.